your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got one of the most exciting episodes of the season so far for you today. Kyle Clifford just got traded. Scott Perunovic is making his debut. Oscar Sundqvist is back after eight months. Tori Krug is back in the lineup. Oh my goodness. I don't even know if we're going to fit this all into 30 minutes. Uh, but we're going to try our best. going to be a fun episode. Before we do that, though, I want to make anyone out there who is making us their first listen. We appreciate that. Um, that's why we make these short bite-sized episodes for you guys. That way, when you're waking up on your morning commute to work or school or whatever it may be, you can throw on our episode, listen to our thoughts and opinions. But, uh, yeah, without further ado, we got a lot to talk about, starting with the big new addition to the St. Louis Blues by the name of Future Considerations. Kyle Clifford was passed through waivers and then immediately traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Future Considerations. Uh, not a huge trade, obviously, but a little bit of implications there. Tommy, what did you see out of Kyle Clifford the past few seasons? Do you think the Blues are going to miss him at all? Like the last hour, I feel like this all kind of went down and seeing like the notification that he got traded. I was like, wait, didn't he just clear waivers? Why would they trade for a guy that just cleared waivers? Uh, and then Jeremy Rutherford came out and said that basically Toronto, uh, wanted to move him up and down between the Marlies and the big team, I guess. And the only way that he could do that is by clearing waivers. So that makes a little bit more sense. So the Blues, uh, move a guy out that's kind of been in and out of the roster, hasn't really brought a lot to the table or really as much as you expected from him uh, in the enforcer role that uh, the Blues kind of brought him in to be. Braden Shen has stepped up in that role. Bertuzzo has at times too. Uh, So it doesn't really feel like we needed him. And when you look up and down the roster that the Blues have right now, there's not a whole lot of of space for mediocrity. Uh, So it was just a matter of time before Kyle Clifford was the odd man out. So moving him back to Toronto where uh, he was before the St. Louis Blues, I believe. Or was it the Kings? I don't know. He was there. He was in Toronto. At some point. At some point in his career. So it's kind of a cool story for him uh, to go back. But absolutely needed the cap. Sonny's back. Brayden Shen will be back soon. Perunovic is now called up. So a lot of excitement. Um, But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, there just wasn't a spot anymore for Kyle Clifford on this team. Uh, But that's not to say that they got any worse because this team is absolutely loaded and they're still not even hundred percent healthy. Uh, and they're getting guys back and getting guys up. I mean, Prunovich, we're going to talk about it uh, a lot this episode, but I think, I mean, the last time the blues had a Calder winner, I think it was Barrett Jackman. And if you're looking at Calder campaigns right now, I would be hard pressed to find a better one than Scott Prunovich, maybe Lucas Raymond and the guys over in the, yeah, Red he's going to, he's going to have a tough, a tough job. To he's going to have a Raymond, tough go, but... but I think if anyone's capable of giving them a run for their money, it's absolutely Scott Prunovich on a loaded roster with the St. Louis blues who are just going to be dishing out helpers left and right. And he's already practicing on the second power play unit, uh, which these last couple of games has looked like the better unit. So we could very well see, uh, the first NHL, we could see the NHL debut of Scott Prunovich, the first point of Scott Prunovich, as well as the first goal of Scott Prunovich. I mean, we're playing the Coyotes, who are arguably uh, one of the bottom two teams in the league right now. So a lot of things up in the air, but I'm so excited. Cannot wait for seven o'clock, dude. I'm itching. The Oscar Sundquist quote 
from this morning sums it up perfectly. He said, I just wish it was 7 o'clock to get out there and play. I don't think I've been this excited about a Blues game this season, maybe besides opening night. But even then, opening night was stressful because we didn't know what was going to happen with Tarasenko. We didn't know what was going to happen with a whole bunch of things. And it was more stressful than anything. Now, with the team being as good as it was, and we'll get into it. We'll talk about, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about this weekend a whole lot, but just my brief thoughts are Blues were down a lot of a lot of roster spots. A lot of depth was missing, and they battled back and played the two of the three best teams in the NHL really hard. A couple bounces go differently, and they win both of those games. So the fact that they looked as strong as they did in those two losses, and now they're adding three you know, cr- potentially crucial players for the rest of the season, I am so excited for... I guess the first day of the rest of the season starting tonight uh, against the Coyotes. And like you said, Tommy, what a better, what better of a team to, for all these guys sort of get their, their sea legs under them uh, than the Arizona Coyotes. Definitely. I mean, it's hockey, so you can never really take any game for granted, but um, like you said, they have one win right now uh, on pace to be the worst team in NHL history. So uh, maybe, maybe not too much different than what Scott Brunovich has been seeing in the AHL. Um, in terms of talent. <laughs> it's like the no. age-old question of uh, could Alabama football team beat the Cleveland Browns? It's kind no, of the same absolutely. thing. So. First of all, absolutely well, not. I, you just said the AHL team looks like the Arizona Coyotes, so you're not far off, man. Yeah. But I will say on your point about the last two teams that we played, I completely agree with you. Making those – those are one-goal games, and it felt like even when the Blues were down, they stayed in them. Yeah, even when the Blues were down by two goals to the Oilers, I was like, you know, this is not looking good. I think uh, it was reported that Hofer put his helmet on after the fourth goal went in. So they were questioning whether or not to put him in. And then as far as we know, all the uh, all the dice could have fallen a lot differently. But they stuck with Bennington. Uh, they believed in the team. And the team rallied around themselves and said, hey, we're going to go out tie this game. Now, obviously, you would like to see the Blues lock it down better in the beginning of periods and at the end of periods because – the last 30 seconds, that is a heartbreaker way uh, to lose a point. But like you said, you're missing a lot of guys in the lineup, and Braden Shen is one of your leadership pieces and one of your core pieces. Um, for both of those games to be one-goal games, and we would talk about the Canes too. Hofer's 21 years old, and like his second NHL Same game, composed. first NHL game. Yep. Like, yeah, and he, he still hung in there uh, with the big boys. So all things considered. Not a bad weekend. It could have been better, but not a bad weekend. I, I said um, it on Friday. I said there's a very good chance that we go 0-2 this weekend and we're sitting down for the first episode praising this team. And that's what happened. I don't know who had the quote, but it was a really good quote from like the post-game press conference where someone said, like, it's unfortunate that we got the loss, but every single time they scored, we were right back battling back in. And that's what it takes to be you know, a winning hockey team is you give up a big goal and you don't let it deflate you. And obviously when you give up a big goal with two seconds left in the period, it's pretty hard to then like fight back, but they did a good job of staying with it. I think, you know, the Edmonton game could have easily gotten out of hand. Uh, The Carolina game especially could have easily gotten out of hand with Hofer in that, but the Blues did a good job of staying in it. And those are the type of losses that build character. Um, I'm really excited to see the Blues match up against both of those teams again, because I think they're going to give them a run for their money. Um, and I think the one of the guys that's going to be responsible for that is Scott Perunovich. And when we get into the second segment, it is going to be all Scott Perunovich and all talk about the defense, talking about Tori Krug, Oscar Sundqvist, and how, at least in my opinion, I think that they are going to start the 
the trend of a dominant Blues team for the rest of the regular season. But before we get into that, if you want to watch the Blues or any other sport, you got to get DirecTV stream because tell me if this sounds familiar. You, it's like it's a, it's a weekend, so you got every sport is on. You got your computer playing one game, your phone playing another on another account, and your TV's got another one. You got so many different accounts that you're dealing with. It's frustrating. You don't remember the passwords. Well, you've got one way to get all your TV together is Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You know, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Tommy. We are being awfully spoiled tonight as Blues fans. Because at any point in the game, there's going to be a player on the ice that we probably haven't seen in a while that's going to be uh, impressing us a decent amount. The first one is Scott Perunovich um, making his NHL debut for the St. Louis Blues, widely considered to be the best defenseman not in the NHL um, up to this point. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff there. Not only that, one of our best defensemen of the season, Tori Krug, is making his return as well. Looked really, really strong with the Blues this year uh, before he went down. And finally, the probably most underrated forward on the St. Louis Blues over the past few seasons and maybe top three defensive forwards on the team, Oscar Sundqvist is making his return after an eighth-month ap- ap- absence. There we go. Absinthe. After after eight months of absinthe. Look high on, baby. <laughs> um, uh, with a torn ACL, and he is just itching to get back into the lineup, as we know. I am stoked about this game. It is so exciting, not to mention this against the, the Coyotes as well, so you know, even more reason to, to hope that the, the boys can impress tonight. Um which one of those players do you think is going to have the biggest impact for the Blues and why, Tommy? I feel like I always have so many thoughts racing through my head, so I'm going to try to straighten them out for you. But I think one of the things that I'm most excited for, and when you were doing the ad reads, the more that I thought about it, the more I feel uh, emotionally pressed and strong about the title of this video, I think Scott Perunovich is going to win the Calder. Now, here's why. Oh, my goodness. First of all, first of all, AHL, he's just blowing everyone out of the water. First in points. points. in 12 games as a D-man. The, the next, like, five guys are all forwards, and the next best uh, defenseman had, like, 12 points. So it's just not even close, right? And so you take into consideration the rookies that are out there right now that are kind of lighting it up. You got Lucas Raymond, who's Definitely got Definitely Lucas Raymond is going to be... 17 games. Right. A lot of catch-up work to do on Raymond. He's going to be the pacemaker, but here's why I think Perunovic is going to catch him and why he's going to surpass him. You're a big uh, New England sports guy, right, Josh? That's, that's true. So if you had to pick a rookie of the year right now in the football world, who would you pick and why? Oh, Mac Daddy, Mac Jones all the way. Why do you think Mac Jones has been so successful as opposed to some other guys who might have more talent than him? Because Mac Jones came out of an NFL-type offense to the greatest coach in NFL history and mm-hmm. had a very seamless transition and also plays confident and doesn't make any mistakes because he seems like he was NFL-ready. Kind of exactly like a, f- a fellow quarterback in a different sport, 
Scott Brunovich, who will be quarterbacking the second power play. There you go. Exactly. I think that confidence plays huge. I think the age, you got to take into consideration that he's 23 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So he went through he went through the whole college thing, went through all four years, I believe. He didn't play his last season because of the surgery, but you know, things happen. He's a lot more mature than your average rookie. I do like Lucas Raymond. He's fun to watch, but I just don't like the Red Wings are good right now, right? And they got a lot of youth to them. But if you look at the St. Louis Blues, it's like comparing like the setup that Mac Jones has compared to like Justin Fields, right? Maybe it's not the same comparison, but it's, it's similar because Justin Fields is a good quarterback. And I think if you isolate them, uh, they both could be talented if they did like combines or like workouts, right? You'd be impressed by both of them. But the fact that Mac Jones is playing for a Hall of Fame coach and kind of an, a well-established Patriots team that he kind of slots himself in there and he looks good already, whereas Justin Fields is running for his life every four down. So I, I think the system that we're inserting Prunovich into is going to absolutely benefit him a lot more than the one. And maybe I'm wrong because Lucas Raymond might be the next superstar in the NHL. I'm not saying he's not. What I'm saying is we haven't had a guy that I'm excited for to make a push for the Calder Trophy like this in a long time. And I'm going to be very excited to see uh, how he fares in the final voting. It's going to be tough with a guy with a hot of, uh, as hot of a start as Lucas Raymond. And as Jay Tap mentioned in chat, he is 19 and a forward, which is just all the, the recipes for you know winning the Calder. Um, but wouldn't that be a story? Scott Prudovich comes up a quarter of the way into the season and just says, uh, no, this is, this is my award. G- give me that. Um, it's po- Look, it's possible. And it, it's unfortunate that Lucas Raymond is having one of the best rookie campaigns we've seen in a long time um, to make it so difficult. But even if he doesn't you know, um, win the Calder this year, uh, Adam Fox is in what his third year, fourth year in the NHL, and he's looking like he might win back-to-back Norris trophies. So just because, you know, maybe Scott Prudovich won't start racking up the hardware this year. Um, if he doesn't win a Calder, he's a bust. Yeah, exactly. No, but um, coming in at 23 and playing as much college as he uh, as he did and now, you know, absolutely dominating the AHL, there's no reason to believe he's not NHL ready. You know, it's not going to be like um, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo where it took a couple of seasons before we really started to see what they had in them. You know, we maybe once a game we'd see a flash, but other than that, it took a few seasons. I think Scott Brunovich is going to come in and make an immediate impact uh, and not really look like a rookie out there. I think he's going to look like an... Uh, an NHL quality player from the moment he steps on the ice. And I, I think that's just something that is a huge luxury to have. Um, having NHL quality depth in the AHL, not just NHL quality depth, but a uh, 23-year-old offensive defenseman that was leading the entire league in points at the time of the call-up. I cannot be more more stoked about tonight's game. Um, but that being said, we also have to talk about Oscar Sundqvist and Tori Krug, but we've been talking so much about Scott Perunovich. We're going to have to do that in the next segment. So if you want to listen to that, make sure you stay tuned. But first, if you want to join Tommy in that hot take and put some money on Scott Perunovich winning the call there. I bet those eyes look pretty nice right now. Oh my goodness. I bet they do. You got to check out betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball and hockey season, plus more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one sport for all the basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's all you got to do, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus that's free money 
from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts, and we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. So we talked about Scott Perunovich, the man, the myth, the legend, but we got some other some other names to throw in the ring as well. Um, I think first and foremost, as much as I'm excited about Tory Krug, I'm almost a little bit more excited about Oscar Sungfist. It has been eight months since he has played for the St. Louis Blues, and he is when he plays, he is the mo- one of the most impactful two way forwards on this team. Great penalty killer. Uh, great face-off guy. Overall, I-, I think he's going to add a lot to this team. What are you expecting to see out of Oscar Sundqvist tonight and for the remainder of the season? I'm expecting to see a lot, honestly. And it-, it sounded like he had hip surgery too, so he's a little banged up, and it sounds like he's coming back early as well. So obviously this guy wanted to be here and was doing everything that he could to get back on the ice. Um, with the whole medical doctor thing, saga that's going on with Vladimir Tarasenko right now makes me a little bit nervous but I think Oscar Sundquist is a warrior grinder but he's also intelligent so he's not going to come back uh, if he doesn't feel 100% but he's absolutely uh, one of I feel like he's one of the underrated core members of this team because you always think about like O'Reilly, Shen, Perron guys like that and then you think about the next wave of like guys like Kairou and Robert Thomas and maybe even Scott Perunovich who knows we'll see but we never really talk about how much Oscar Sundquist means to this team until he's out of the lineup, uh, which kind of sucks because I feel like he is the heart of that bottom six. And I feel like he brings a lot to the penalty kill. And not only that, but the defensive style of play, like everyone looks to him to kind of be one of the leaders in, in that regard. And one of the guys that pushes other people on the ice to be more diligent with their stick checking or their board player, whatever it might be. So Getting him back in the fold, a lot of people were expecting Scott Perunovich coming up uh, to be the Messiah or the savior for this season because Scandell and Pareko just haven't been getting it done. Uh, A lot of people think that the reason that we lost those two games to Edmonton and to the Canes were because we were missing Tori Krug. So getting him back might be the Messiah or the savior uh, of the season. We won't have to see as much Pareko and Scandella. But I think getting Oscar Sundquist back too, you can definitely contribute to that conversation of, uh, okay, well, obviously we're expecting a lot from the defense, but the forwards have to do their job too, right? And Oscar Sundquist is going to be a huge part of that, not only on the penalty kill, but at five on five too. So getting, I don't think any one of those guys will make a complete difference and turn this team entirely around by themselves this season. But I think all three of them combined absolutely have the wherewithal and the power to do so. So that's why I think so many people are excited about tonight, not just because it's the beginning of Scott Prunovich's Calder campaign, not just because Ty, uh, Tory Krug has looked absolutely fantastic this season as opposed to last season. Uh, and when he went down, he was arguably the hottest defenseman on the team. And not just because Oscar Sundquist hasn't played hockey in so long and we missed him so much, but because of all those things combined, we could very well see a complete 180 of the team that we've seen in these last couple of games, at least defensively, but still bring that same power and that same electricity on the offensive side of the puck. So if there was ever a time for the Blues to show that they're capable of being almost a super team in this league and one of like president trophies. Don't throw that word around. I mean, dude, I'm just saying. 
you've got guys you've got guys on the team that have contributed and they've got veteran experience and playoff experience and you've got young guys that are going to be part of that your next wave that are already showing flashes of their brilliance robert thomas is playing insane hockey right now he's got 14 assists I, yeah and he's close to the league leader in assists I think Jordan Cairo is second on the team in assists, and they're both one and two in points ahead of your veterans and ahead of your your big guns and the guys that you're paying millions and millions of dollars, the highest salaries on your team. They're ahead of them. So I think that's like this team as it looks right now when you're in a transition period from one core to the other and they're both firing on all cylinders, that's when dangerous stuff happens and you end, you end up winning the Stanley Cup in four games. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm, <laughs> wow. saying, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that this team's potential is through the roof right now. Tommy is and we're going to out. see the Scott beginning Brunovich stages of the it Calder. tonight the if Blues they're capable the of pulling Cup. it off. Yeah, no, and, and I think... I think you're absolutely right. I don't say you're absolutely right in sweeping the Stanley Cup, but but four games, the... book it, both of us said it today. <laughs> Write but, it down. <laughs> no, but but your framework is there, and the biggest issue with this team, especially over the weekend, was the defense. And you look at the Colton Pareko and Marco Scandella pairing, you think, oh, they've been awful. I don't think that they were awful. I just think that they were overworked. Um, and let me let me paint a picture for you, Tommy. When we're watching tonight's game. At any point throughout the entire 60 minutes, we will see either Colton Pareko, Tori Krug and Justin Falk, or Scott Perunovich on the ice for the St. Louis Blues. For all 60 minutes, besides maybe power play, penalty kill, whatever, we will see one of one of those guys on the ice for the St. Louis Blues. And that's kind of about like sort of spreading out the 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 defensive uh pressure that they need to take. When it was Pareko Scandella, um, and then Falk, Rosen, Bortuzzo. When it was that, it was very clear that Pareko and Scandella was your first pairing. And every time McDavid was on the ice, it was Pareko and Scandella. Or every time Sebastian Ajo was on the ice, it was Pareko and Scandella. So now that you have, honestly, probably three defensive pairings that are capable of looking like top two pairing for this team, I don't think that Scott Prudovich and Robert Bortuzzo is a third pairing quality defense. You know, obviously Bortuzzo has had his struggles, but I think he's looked decent this year. And if Scott Prudovich is good as we're talking about, having him on the third pairing is going to be a nightmare for the other team. You know, you deal with Pareko and Scandella, Pareko with his big reach, and then Tori Krug and Justin Falk, good luck with that. And then you think that's all? Scott Prudovich hops over the boards, you know, league leader for the AHL in points, lighten it up as well. Not to mention the forward depth. It's good luck. Good luck at other teams. That's what I was going to say, too, is like you're talking about every pairing, you've got a guy or two guys that you can get excited about, and forwards are absolutely the same way. You've got Kairou and O'Reilly on the first line, and Buchnevich, obviously, but I think a lot of people are excited about Jordan Kairou and what he's doing this season. And like, you want to see more for O'Reilly, but he's still like the captain of the team and the superstar right now. You got Thomas and Tarasenko, who dynamic duo in the making have been linking for an absurd amount of goals this season. Uh, you got Saad Bozak and Perron on the third line. Obviously, we know from last season what David Perron is capable of. Dude was like a point per game. And then you've got Oscar Suddenquist back in the fold on the fourth line uh, with another prospect in Clem Costin, who has already been tearing it up this season, leads the team in hits, uh, and, and has some goals and points to boot. So I'd like to see how many bottom sixes can stack up against the Blues' bottom two forward lines because that, that third line is absurd. That third line has been our first line at times. Um, and it's, it's going to be nightmare for opposing teams. 
not only Especially dealing with the, the yokes. Oh my god. I'm fully prepared for a coyote's blowout tonight. No, full- this is what we like to refer to in the business as a stat pattern, right? This is what if I'm Jordan Cairo, if I'm Ryan O'Reilly, if I'm David Perron, I'm looking at this lineup of the Arizona Coyotes, and I'm looking at the lineup of the St. Louis Blues and being like, put me on the power play please and let me just rip shots all day on these guys so i can get three four five goals seven points to my name and then maybe we can coast for the next seven games and i'll still be point per game like that's kind that's the kind of stuff you look at and you're like this is where we can really take advantage so that's another reason to be excited for tonight tonight is going to be a good test as well but i don't have the schedule in front of me but i saw that i believe jtap said in chat earlier the blues have a very easy schedule for the rest of the month um which would be perfect for coming right now uh just with new guys getting into the lineup you know shen coming back from injury eventually sunfish coming back from injury eventually it's going to take a few games for them to get settled in obviously and you know this is the the, the lineup tonight minus shen is hopefully what the lineup is going to look like moving forward for the rest of the regular season you know depending on health so if if this is you know sort of the team that you got to integrate um okay so j says we play tampa and vegas but other than that should be easy yeah perfect so tampa vegas good test but then other than that light light ish schedule uh perfect opportunity for guys like sunfist perunovic to get back up to full speed uh and and this this lineup to really find its its um its swagger with all these new additions because there's there's no there's no line uh out there that where i'm really concerned about when they're on the ice i think before you know, when we had all these injuries, I looked at that third defensive pairing and I was like, oh, that's going to be a little tough to deal with. Uh, but now there not only am I not worried about those, lines, I'm excited about every single forward and defensive pairing or defensive line for the St. Louis Blues. I'm excited. I think that they can outmatch anybody out there if the matchups are right. Um, you know, last final change, Coyotes throw their third, fourth line out there. Oh, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. That being said, Tommy, we are reaching the end of this episode. So. Give me your locked on player of the game. I know probably who it's going to be, which is why I'm a little annoyed right now that I'm letting you go first, but take it away. The title says it best, what we've been talking about. The majority of this episode says it best, but one of the big things that's going to be put to the test, not really, I don't even know if they're going to be put to the test, but a lot of people are going to be looking at the defense, right? And obviously Pareko and Scandella have struggled and people want an answer for those struggles and that question mark. And Scott Prunovich comes up with an opportunity, and he looked fantastic in the preseason. Uh, So there's a lot of expectations for him, but I think he's ready to rise to the challenge. He's got the maturity. He's got the seniority over these other rookies. I mean, when you think about it, he kind of has an archetype as a player, like a puck-moving defenseman, offensive defenseman, uh, as Tory Krug. So to see Tory Krug back in the fold, quarterbacking the first power play, and then Scott Prunovich with that one-two punch, quarterbacking the second power play – I think these guys are going to absolutely light it up. For some reason, I always love going for the young guys, but something about Scotty P, Scotty Too Hottie, just gets me excited, makes me feel warm inside. So I'm going to take Scott Perunovich as my locked on player of the game. Easy choice. That's why I was, as soon as I said, like, Tommy, what's your, I was like, oh, shoot, he's going to say Perunovich, and now I got to think of a new one. Um, I mean, it's an easy choice. I'll just uh, piggyback off of that briefly and say that I think Scott Perunovich has the chance to be an X factor for this team. Um, just in the, not necessarily that he's going to be a superstar player, but we talk about needle movers a lot. And when you're a team and you're, and you're, you know, bearing it on the defense and you see Pareko Scandella, you're like, darn, 
Colton Pareko, that's a tough guy to get past. We'll wait for the next pairing. And the next pairing hops out, and they see Justin Falk and Tori Krug. And you're like, oh, God, man, these guys have good defenders. And then they and then Scott Perumovich hops to the board. You're like, wait, who, who's this guy? Wasn't he just in the AHL? And all of a sudden, he's flying up and down the ice, you know, putting the puck in the back of the net, quarterback in the power play, slinging the puck around. It's I think that's why it's going to be an X factor, because if he stays on this third pairing or if he sort of stays like that, that extra defenseman besides like the first two pairings, then teams aren't going to be ready to to match up against him, especially when the Blues are at home and they can sort of throw the throw the matchups uh, out however they want. Um, that being said, oh man, my pick for lockdown player of the game. That's tough. You want to go offense or defense? Let's start with that. I mean, I, you picked you picked defense, and I could pick Oscar Sundqvist just because he's back in the lineup again. Um, I got I could, a couple I, people in mind. I, I, I could pick the whole team. Uh, because I got a couple time, people last time in mind. I, did that, I don't I think Sonny's out. one of them. Because like you're you're talking about a team that is. Deep is all hell, right? As the St. Louis Blues, they've got threats to score on every single line going up against the worst team in the NHL. Realistically, I would hope that the Blues put up four at a minimum on these guys, right? Yeah, I want to look at the... So there's going to be a lot of goals. So who do you think Who do you think is going to score the most goals? I or think... who do you think is going to impress with their goal scoring? Or all right, here we go. Assists. You could go Kairou, but that's kind of easy. All right, I got my answer. Um, it's a guy that we've been talking about a ton this whole regular season is a guy that's looked the best he's looked in a few seasons. It is a guy that has not had a hat trick yet this season, and that is Vladimir Tarasenko. I think another impact of all the additions back to the lineup are not only are the new guys going to look strong, it uh, it helps the players that have been playing get better opportunities. Uh, because, you know, with, with deeper teams, teams can't just throw all of their best defense out against – Tarasenko. Now that you know they got four lines to deal with, Tarasenko is going to be getting better matchups. Uh, playing with a Russian connection, Ivan Barbashev, who has looked spectacular this year, and Robert Thomas has been racking up the assists. And as JTAP points out, the goal differential for Arizona is minus 37, which is insane because they have played 15 hockey games. They have played 15 hockey games. That's double and change. That means that they've almost lost by three in every game. And one of those games they won. And one of those games they lost in overtime. So of their 13 lo- – oh, my goodness. That's wild. Arizona Coyotes are bad at hockey. So I think the offense is going to have a field day tonight. And Vladimir Tarasenko, I think, is is knocking on the door of fully establishing himself as him his former self. We've seen remember that the couple one timer opportunities he took this weekend. He's he's looking like he's knocking on the door. I want him to bury one so really bad. doing something special this it's year. A good time to try it. Um, or get one. Robert Thomas has been racking up the assists. I'm pretty sure he's like top five in the NHL in assists right now. Because I know Nuge Nuge was first and he had like 18. So yeah. Thomas can't Thomas be too far right behind. Um, they've looked dynamic this season, and like I said, with all the depth that the Blues have, it's it's going to be really really difficult. Uh, for teams to match up against them. I'm going to make another prediction. Uh, I think he's got he's got one goal on the season. Robert Thomas is scoring tonight. Ooh. A goal. Robert Thomas is... Okay, I would like that. Back of the net, Rob Tom, for the confidence. Yeah. He's been shooting a ton. They haven't been going in. He's been getting a ton of scoring opportunities. I think he's going to pot one tonight. Because he's it's great, though, because the, the more he shoots, the more that passing lanes will open up for him. You know, the, right. more that, the more that he establishes himself as not just a playmaker, the more that teams are going to have to actually, you know, play close to him on offense. I think that's why he's gotten so many assists is because he's been shooting the puck a lot and teams haven't really been 
taken away the passing lane before the shooting lane. We've seen teams focus on the shooting lane first, which has allowed him to make these crazy passes. Um, the better his shot's going to be too, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same argument as Tarasenko. Like, well, why, why is he taking one-timers out there if he doesn't know how? Well, he has to learn how eventually because that's going to be a huge part of his game, especially on the power play. And the fact that it hasn't been for so long, I mean, we would talk about that every offseason. He just doesn't take power plays or he doesn't take – he doesn't take one timers on the power play. Like that's huge on that cross, that cross crease feed. Like you should just be slamming that home. We've seen Jordan Cairo do that and it's successful. We've seen David Perron do that uh, and it's successful. So if Vladdy can add that to his repertoire, McDavid's trying to add that to his repertoire. I think that's a great skill to have. And uh, I think Robert Thomas is obviously one of, if not the best passers on the team, if he could add a lethal wrist shot and an accurate one to his repertoire, he's going to be just as lethal, if not more, than Jordan Cairo. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. We got a lot to be excited about, clearly, because I'm pretty sure this is like the longest episode we've ever done, <laughs> sitting at the 35-minute mark right now. That being said, I hate to do this, but we got to wrap it up today. Unfortunately, it was a whole lot of fun. Clearly, we've been here for 35 minutes. Absolutely flew by. So much to talk about. Tonight's game is going to be so fun. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. The chat was popping off today. Thank you, JTAP, Greg Kane, uh, Chase, and Brandon, everyone else that was in the live stream as well. We love that. It makes these episodes fly by. It makes them so much fun. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube and hit that notification bell, Locked on Blues. That way you can join the live streams with us and chat just like those guys did. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. I'm sure Tommy and I will be tweeting about the game tonight, so you can follow our personal Twitters, me at Josh Hyman NHL and Tommy at TWelcher15. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.